I think this is a community that I would never forget in my life. If I have another opportunity to build a community like this, I would try to have that, that level of transparency and help and tendency to help each other. My name is Kevin Fryert. My 30-year career at Pfizer gave me the chance to learn about the many facets of drug discovery and development. When I retired, I started Salem Oaks to help patients, parents, and caregivers understand the world of biopharmaceutical R&D so that they can be more effective partners and shape the future of medicine. On Raising Rare, we are bringing you the story of a young father whose son has an ultra-rare disorder known as Setagatian type bondial metaphysial dysplasia, or SSMD. Each episode, we will find out what is going on in the life of Sanath and his son Raghav. We will talk about Raghav's growth and development, ongoing and upcoming research, and the challenges and adventures that raising a child with a nearly unknown condition brings. Subscribe to the Raising Rare podcast to hear the story unfold. Past episodes, we've talked about how important community is. We've kind of talked about it in general. And today we're going to try to focus on two or three specific groups or friends that Sanath has has developed, has, has grown close to, and how they've made a difference. So who would you like to thank personally first, Sanath? We'd like to thank our, our closest friend, our family now. We've known them for more than 15 years. Uh, they, they've been with us as we grew up. Um, and so we've, we've shared a lot of experiences and journeys and we go to vacations with them. We used to go to vacations with them when we did take vacation. Every year we'd go on trips. They, uh, they are Abhinayan Pradeep and their little kid, Adyant. They, they've been with us all along through this journey since day one. Um, in fact, they had uh, their son about three, four months before Raga was born. And so both these kids are of the same age. We, we keep chatting via, via video calls and text. And, you know, it's, it's a relationship that's much more deeper than a, a typical friend relationship or even a family relationship, right? There is zero expectation. If we, are, if we are who we are naturally with them. Even when we didn't believe Raghav could do a lot of these things, they would believe in Raghav. They were here for his first birthday when we got the genetic diagnosis. Uh, and in fact, Raga really likes uh, likes Adyanth too. When we when we are on video calls with them, um, and Raga is like watching the video call, he'll be really silent until Adyanth comes into the frame, and then he'll start like laughing and, and smiling and talking. You know, Raga is a little low, slow in reactions, uh, but when Adyanth is on the frame, even momentarily, he immediately recognizes and starts laughing. So he has a childhood friend now. That's who I, we would thank the most for helping us get through these tough times and, and kind of sticking with us as much as much whiny and painful we can be. The, the relationship even goes beyond, you know, our friendship. They have taught Adyan sign language and now he's learning signs. He's learning how to say good morning and thank you in, in signs and he loves it. Wow. So you said you've known them 15 years or so. Where'd you meet them? 
Ramya went to school with uh, Abhinaya. And so they've been friends since 10th grade, I think. So they've, they've known each other for quite a while. And then all of us moved to the U.S., to do, to do our studies. And then we, we've been working here since then. Uh, so we've, we've known them for quite a while. It just sounds like you have such a level of trust with them. What, what, what led to that? How did, how did you become so, so close? Like you said, there's no pretense. There's no expectations. It takes, it takes a while for, for any relationship to build trust. And it's also mutual where both the parties in the relationship have to sort of accept trust and accept help and seek help. So one thing that we have, we have learned through this journey with Raghav is that it's not sufficient to hear for you, but it's important to ask for help from people who say, I'm here for you. And they feel valued and that builds trust. Um, and so I, we've grown in a culture where we've been taught uh, as we grew up to not ask for help. And so it was one of the hardest things to do for us to actually go out to the world and talk about Raghav and, and ask money when we fundraise. And that was supposed to be uh, a thing that's frowned upon in the culture. Right? We, we, we would never ask money from anybody. And we were told, uh, you know, fables of how people who never asked money from anybody were the best people on earth, but they died beggars, but they were the best people on earth. At the end of the day, we said we could either hope to be the best people on earth in, in some uh, imaginary frame of reference, or we could do something real and practical for our kid this, this day and age. And so that led us to ask for help um, and ask for money and fundraise. Uh, and that eventually led us to understand that asking for help is actually not something that is frowned upon, but it's something that explicitly builds trust. Uh, and so that's a tool that we have learned over, over the time. And I think if, because we've been friends with, uh, with, with their family for more than a decade now, they've been our go-to people for asking for help and, and seeking advice and, and just seeking friendship and, and, and comfort in, in the time when things are not right. And, and, and sharing all the, all the happy experiences when the things are right, when the times are right. So it's amazing the things that they've done, like teaching their son sign language. And as you said, give Raghav a playmate somebody his own age that can communicate with him someday. We had talked about communication in a different episode, and this just sort of opens it up to a new level of, of other people learning it, uh, you know, learning Raga's language, you know, his, his subtleties. Some, you guys should video a lot of interactions with them, I think, between them, because what you'll see is, they're going to develop a language like twins do that, that you guys don't understand, which someday could be trouble, but um, right now would be wonderful. <laughs> we'll take trouble. We'll take trouble. <laughs> we, keep, we keep saying when, you know, because Raghav started out doing nothing, anything that he does, uh, if it's trouble, if it's good, bad, just doesn't matter. Just do something, and that's all matters to us. So yeah, I think it's a good idea to take videos, their interactions, and really watch that over time. So is there any other way you'd like to thank them other than just saying thank you on our worldwide podcast here? I don't think there's any other way to say thank you. I, I, I don't even know how to say thank you. It's, it's one thing to be transactional when we say thank you. It's another thing to say thank you for life. What we could hope to do is, is return the favor when, when they need help 
and, and be with them and stick with them as, as, as they have done through this, through these intense times for us. That's the one thing that we could hope for. And another thing we were, we, we used to joke, um, this was way back uh, even before Raga was born is there is this tradition, not tradition, yeah, maybe tradition, uh, in the Indian culture, and you can see this in movies, but it's not practiced these days, where when, when two families are really good friends with each other, even before they have kids, they end up committing, marrying their kids to each other. <laughs> and so we've, uh, we've, we've said, okay, that could be, you know, it's, it's, it's just cliche, because in, in, in Indian cinemas, they usually do this commitment when the kid is really young and after the kid grows up. They have a they have a family fight because they these these kids don't want to marry each other. Um, so, <laughs> speaking of ways of of repaying, I don't think I want to commit to that. <laughs> what I'm taking from it is it's that close connection that you have with them. It's that mythical connection that two families would have that would say we're going to make this permanent. You guys are actually feeling that, although making it permanent is probably not on the not on the schedule yet. So are there any other groups or, or individuals you'd like to, to thank? Another group that we'd like to thank is, is the rare disease community in general. And so when we started this journey, we didn't know of anybody that had, that had any disease altogether. We, we knew people that had diabetes and blood pressure and heart problems, but they are old, they live around, we have medications for them, but we just didn't know of anyone that had any rare disease, let alone this rare as ragas. And so when we started our journey, we were seeking this community. And as I spoke before, we first got the glimpse of this community at Global Genes Conference. And I think since then, they have been an integral part of our journey, not just you know helping us find therapies, but, but really being someone who can understand our problems. We don't talk to them about, about our problems because every one of these families have gotten the same problems and uh, we don't like to talk to each other because then it becomes, becomes very sad and we don't want to get there. We, we try to uplift each other and that's just how the community is built. And so we have a lot of friends who have uh, rare diseases now, who, who's, who have kids with rare diseases now. We talk to them on an ongoing basis on the Slack channel that we have going on, they're always there to help, no matter what the help is. And we are always available to help and pass on information. The community is so well-knit that they share details of uh, activities and interactions that you don't typically you know, share among someone that's a, that you think is a stranger. Um, and so we never consider a stranger when we are, when we are in this community which means that we can get help um, on our research. We can get help on our fundraising. I mean, we can also get help on uh, you know, managing day-to-day -day life. And we look up to them and think about them as, as, as other people that have gone through, uh, that are going through a similar problem. And so when we have a downtime and we are not, when we are feeling depressed and when we are super happy, we I mean, think about all these other rare disease parents that are going through exactly the same thing and they are just fine. And they're posting happy pictures on Facebook or, or their kid is doing something fun and they've posted a picture there. Um, and we look up them, look, look at them and be like, wow, just this kid was in the hospital two months ago, struggling. And now, now they're posting, you know, ha happy pictures of this kid on Facebook. And, and, you know, they're just sitting out having, having fun in the sun. 
uh, we just say to ourselves, oh yeah, life will be up and down, but the, the good part is there are going to be ups that we can always look forward to. And so we, we, we have to thank that community. There's just no one person that we want to thank, thank in uh, specifically, but the community in general. Uh, and that's a community I've, I've not seen elsewhere before I, I started this journey. The shared experience that you're going through creates a opening for a bond. How many of these people have you, you met in person or is it, is it all slack? I feel like I've met every one of them in person, but I've not. <laughs> no, I'm trying to recollect. I've probably met maybe five, less than five people, but I know at least 30 people that, I've, uh, that I interact with on an ongoing basis that I've just not met. But I know how they look like and how they sound like because I've seen them on, on video calls. And I think that's good enough. And we are friends on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, that, that's good enough for us. That's amazing because the, the shared experience, you can see when they need uplifting. They can see when you need uplifting. And the things that they say and when they say it, it's not quite like your long-term friends where there's no expectations, but it's approximating it. How long have you been doing that interaction with that group? Um, since September last year. So it's going to be about nine months, I think. Uh, we've, we've known some people in the group. Before, before the Slack, we used to talk via emails and text, and, and it used to be one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and Slack just made it way better because it brought all, the, all, all of these people together. Uh, they bring their friends into this channel. And so the, the channel keeps growing over time, which means I keep meeting new people. I keep talking to new people. I want, to, I want to give an example of how this channel was incredibly powerful. Recently, we've been um, talking to an institution um, about, about some research work uh, that we are doing. And, and we're trying to sell and pitch an idea that we have to this institution. We just, we, we don't know anyone in the institution, so it's very hard for us to kind of get an in there. Uh, but we ended up getting a meeting with them to talk and explain our ideas. But we don't really know what the expectations were. And so I just looked up this channel and I found someone that I've never, never met before. I pinged them asking for help, asking for a 30 minute call. We ended up speaking for an hour about a whole bunch of things. And I've gotten so much information, insider information about how this institution works because they have worked with them in the past. Who's who, or what, is, what are the expectations? What are the gotchas? And I'm now just as good as, as a person that has maybe worked with them for two years. And suddenly, uh, and, and this is a person that I've never met before. I don't know them before. There's no formality. I picked them on Slack. We, uh, they said, yeah, I'm available now. So we just exchanged phone numbers and, and spoke. I, I think this is a community that I would never forget in my life. If I have another opportunity to build a community like this, I would try to have that, that level of transparency and help and tendency to help each other. As you said, this is something that's been unique in your career, in your life to have this happen and you, you would like to see that happen again. What do you think created that? What, what is it just the shared experience or is there more to it than, than that, that creates this bond? It's the understanding that not, no one of us can, can conquer this enemy. 
we have the shared enemy that we're all fighting against and and we we all understand that this enemy is is bigger than each one of us and and no matter what we share how much information we share how much contacts we exchange how much money we even share we cannot conquer this enemy and it's way beyond that um and the enemy here is a disease and each one of us have different diseases but at the end of the day the suffering is the same it's more than shared experience it's the it's the shared goal if if one of us benefit the other one immediately benefits and it's it's working towards the shared goal that we all just want to share openly as open as we can because we've seen how openness could lift each others up and and when when i share something today i get something else in return tomorrow uh, because someone built on top of what i shared and they reshare and and this is this is the crux of this community and this is why this community and anybody that's a part of this community is going um at light years at light speed the power of people working together towards a common goal and as you and towards a common goal and i think it's the as you said the common goal isn't exactly the same but it is it's one it's there's a disease stop there if you go into details it'll look different but it's a disease there's no treatment out there or there may be treatments out there that are insufficient this kind of community you know this is a the type of thing that could be very long lasting and you know 50 years from now people will go oh i'm part of this may not be a slack channel still then but a community that started back in 2020 2019 and and has been sharing wisdom about fighting this enemy for all those years what's it like to be a pioneer exciting and scary at the same time um exciting because we we think we're doing something new and scary because we don't know if it if it'll be sufficient for our kids one of the one of the things that we all have to come to terms with is the is the fact that no matter what we do how much we do we would fail and it might not be in time for our kids and that's the reality of the situation embracing that failure is a part of how we have to work and and actually the failure might not be coming from the fact that we cannot discover a drug the failure might just come from the fact that in that process we lost ourselves we lost our emotional stability or we lost our, our our relationships or we lost all the money we had we might get to a drug at the end of the day but the drug might not for, work for our kids or might work for the other kid but not our kid so there's a lot of failure modes here and uh, just understanding and embracing the failure is how we have to make progress and so we have taken a lot of in our research for example we've slowed down our research quite significantly one because of covid and two because uh, the pace at which we were going was taking an emotional toll on us that we just couldn't keep going further and so we decided that we if we were to do something for the long haul it's okay to be inconsistent in 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 taking a lot of breaks in the short term and not kind of drive each other uh, so hard that we we'd be heading straight to the heading straight to the grave but we we'd want to take pauses we don't we want to keep building the relationships that we had broken before we'd want to keep patching things that we had broken before as we go along so we are doing this for the long haul and for the long term i i think that's a a learning that i i wouldn't have had otherwise 
Um, because if I work in a company or even if I build a new startup, for example, yeah, failure is evident and op- failure is an option. But when you fail, you don't really lose a lot. Yeah, you lose some money, but it's probably someone else's money and they know that they're going to lose the money anyway. And you lose, lose some time, but at the end of the day, you come wiser with some more experience and you can probably get a high paying job later. In what we do to try and find a treatment, being a pioneer means that we fail in ways that is very deeply personal. We fail in everything that we care about. And it's, it's a reality that we have to accept. So I think thanking that community is fantastic. Reaching out to them and letting them know how important they are to you and, and what you're willing to do for them. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that. Is there anybody else you'd like to thank today? Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously want to thank our parents um, who've been with us all along, but we've, we've, we've spoken about them before. But I do want to thank the third community that I, I, I want to go back to. And it's a, it's a flavor of this rare disease community that we've been talking about. Uh, these are communities on Facebook. Uh, and, and, and these are moms and dads uh, of kids that have anything from a rare to a common disease, but they share some symptoms and some problems. Um, this could be kids that have autism. This could be kids that have hearing problems, but they're completely fine otherwise. Um, and this could be kids that have hypotonia, but they're completely fine otherwise. Yeah, I, I think in every one of these communities have been pivotal to help us maintain the quality of Raghav's life. And so the rare disease community has helped us find a treatment. The, the, these Facebook communities, I don't know what to call them because there, there are so many of these communities, but I'm going to just call them Facebook groups. And the Facebook communities have been pivotal to, keep, uh, to, to help maintain a, a high quality of life for Raghav. For example, we went, uh, there was a mom yesterday uh, on Facebook that posted saying, you know, we have a lot of medical supplies that we are going to throw away because we don't need them anymore. Does anybody want them? And we ended up going and collecting all of those supplies. Uh, All of them together would cost about $500. It's a lot of supplies. And we just ordered about $100 worth of supplies uh, a week ago because we were running out of them. And, And someone just, you know, handing over $500 to a stranger on Facebook is ridiculous, right? It's like saying, hey, I have $500 to just throw away. Do you want to take it, right? And, and that's, what, that's exactly what they did. They just threw away $500. And these are not cheap things. These are, these are very, very expensive medical equipment. And you do not think about throwing them away, right? I do not think about throwing, throwing away my $500 monitor. I sell it to someone. And they didn't sell it, to say, sell it to us. They gave it to us for free. Uh, and they've given a lot of advice to us for free. And the, this community is where you could go and rant and say, you know, I'm having a really bad day. And, and a bunch of people would come and, you know, cheer you up or, or say, you know, this is fine. They'd give you advice on which doctors to go to, which hospital systems to go to. If you post videos or Facebook, uh, videos or photos of, 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 of a new, you know, behavior that you are suspicious about in your kid that you're not sure what it is, if it's, if it's uh, anything uh, serious or not, and they'd give you advice on that. And, and, and again, it's very similar to the rare disease community where they have been uh, selfless to, to pretty much strangers. Like these are people that you don't really talk to them on a day-to-day basis. It's all transactional conversations, but when you talk to them on Facebook, they're there for you and you feel very connected. This community has been by far one of the one of the best things that has happened to us, and so that's 
that's that's why we really like how Facebook is sort of bringing people together uh, and making this happen. Um, because if it was not for Facebook, I don't know how we would do this. So we've talked about your heart-to-heart friends, longtime friends, family. We've talked about your community that's a little bit larger around you and and how they're, you say you've never met them, but you've met them, you know them. And then we've talked about this huge group of all these Facebook groups. I don't even know how you would enumerate them because they're, as you as you go around the kind of the horizon of what you're looking at, there's going to be a group there that somebody's dealing with that. Tell me what that makes you feel like as a human being, knowing that other human beings are kind of that close. Hopeful. Makes me feel hopeful. When we, when we started this journey, when, when Raghav got his diagnosis and, and actually even after Raghav was born, we were gradually losing hope. And we just couldn't understand what was happening here. We lost hope in human uh, organism in general, uh, as a, as a human being, right? Like not not as a not as a community, but as a as a, as, a, as a as an entity. Uh, and we lost faith in nature. We lost faith in uh, faith and hope in in ourselves. Um, and once we started identifying and being a part of these communities, we're slowly rebuilding hope. And I, I think at the end of the day, if a group of individuals can be selfless, and as selfless as these people are yet being selfish to some extent, that's just how humans are, but exhibiting their selflessness uh, and, and sharing and caring for others and, and being there for others, that makes me very hopeful. And, and now I can see how humans as a race have evolved over so many hundreds of years, thousands of years, and, and still feel um, like we, it was just yesterday when, when, when humans, like when the human life started on earth, right? I, I think that's one of the things that is, is, is very different uh, compared to uh, dogs or, or, or monkeys. And I, I think it just, it just makes me, it just gives me hope that we would find therapies for our kids. We would do great things in the future. It just gives me hope that the world, world will not end and even if it comes to comes close to an end, there will be a group of people, a community of people that feel so passionate about the world not ending and they'll fix it. So it just gives me hope. If you'd like to follow Raghav's story, please subscribe to Raising Rare 